Welcome to Boomers on Fire with educator, philanthropist, and mentor, Dr. Cynthia. Get ready to refire your life by listening to inspiring interviews with vibrant boomers who are rocking their retirement. Whatever the retiree is doing, we want you to hear about it so that it will spark something in you so that you can decide how you want to live in your second half of life. You will be exposed to new possibilities and new opportunities. It's time to refire, reinvent, and reimagine your second half of life with your host, Dr. Cynthia. Our guest today is Karen Cassidy, the Executive Director of Hildegard House and one of the winners of the 218 ARP Purpose Prize. She created Kentucky's first and only comfort care home. She, along with a group of volunteers, provide a home and compassionate care for individuals at the end of life who have no home or loved ones to care for them so that they may die with dignity. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Cynthia. So, Karen, my, quest, my first question is, why is there such a need for a place like Hildegard House? Well, you know, Cynthia, when hospice first began um, in the 1980s, it really relied on families to provide support and care for people at the end of life. And right now there there's a big gap in caregiving, I say. Um, so if you don't have a home or you don't have loved ones to care for you or you can't pay for caregivers, then it's not possible for you to access hospice services. So there's a misconception that hospice will care for you 24 hours a day. Actually, a nurse comes in to um, check on you, make sure your medications are, are relieving symptoms. And along with the nurse is a team uh, consisting of a social worker, a chaplain, and a bath aide. But they are not here 24 hours. So what they do is teach a family how to care for someone. And if you don't have support or a family, then you're not able to access end-of-life care through hospice. Wow. So how did Hildegard House get its name? Hildegard um, House is named after a 12th century woman named Hildegard who was from Germany in the town of Bingen. So her, she's known now as Hildegard of Bingen. She was a mystic, uh, a healer, a musician, um, uh, an amazing woman. And she was the abbess of a Benedictine monastery. And Benedictines are known for their hospitality. And uh, as an herbalist, she cared for people in her village. And she probably had one of the first hospices. Um, if you were in the university today studying music, you would be studying Hildegard music. Currently today, people in Germany still practice Hildegard medicine, which is um, very much um, uh, relies on herbs and natural methods. So uh, at Hildegard House, 
we don't rely just on um, morphine. We rely on all kinds of alternative ways for people uh, to relieve their pain and be comfortable at the end of life, including music and massage and um, just the simple um, practice of presence. So Hildegard is um, like our muse here. Wow, what an amazing um, service to give to people at the end of life. So, Karen, what well, did you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ahead. sometimes Cynthia, people people will say to me, "Boy, I bet it's really sad every day uh, for you to go to work." And I say, "Actually, not. Um, what would be sad is for people um, at the end of life to be dying alone." Um, without medication they need. I was a palliative care nurse practitioner for a number of years in a hospital and had to send people home um, frequently um, that couldn't access hospice care. And those were really difficult days uh, to know that someone, as they rolled down the the, um, hospital aisle, um, were going to be going home alone. Uh, without pain medication or without any loved ones to care for them. It's just very difficult. So Hildegard House fills a gap um, that hospice can't fill and that where people that need end-of-life care can come. So we have 42 volunteers a week that serve as um, our residents' families. Each of these volunteers they're called compassionate companions. They uh, commit to a five-hour shift each week and uh, serve just as the person's family. They'll fix a meal for them or um, uh, help them wash their face, watch TV with them, uh, do anything that a family member would do for someone they cared about. And um, people are here. Um, they have been here from one day to almost six months. Our average mm-hmm. length of stay is four weeks. Um, and we have um, taken care of or served, I should say, 70 uh, individuals since we opened in July 2016. Wow, there's such a big need for that, Karen. Wow, that's yes. such a wonderful yes. service. And uh, we have three beds and um, or three bedrooms. When people come to live at Hildegard House, this is their home. Um, and we don't charge anything. We rely totally on donations and grants. But uh, just in the past quarter, we could have served 25 more people. So there really is a need. Wow. So, Karen, what makes your approach so unique? Well, we are not licensed. We are just a home. So uh, we're a home for people that don't have a home. So about half of the people that we've served have been homeless. Um, There are no services for homeless people at the end of life. Mm. Um, And additionally, um, for people that don't have any family. So some of the people that we have served have been 
elderly people whose spouses died and their children live out of the state or else they haven't had any children. And so we really care for the people that are the most vulnerable at the end of their life. Um, our approach is, is different because you can imagine um, a nonprofit that operates 24-7, 365 days a week without a revenue stream except for donations and grants. It is quite, it's quite unique. And also that we are volunteer run and have quite a compassionate community of volunteers that provide the service. Karen, uh, that, I mean, what you're doing is truly amazing and I'm so impressed. Was there a special moment that sparked your passion to do this? You know, it was a, a time when I was in the hospital um, and there was a woman named Millie and she lived in um, a Section 8 uh, elderly high-rise and her only family was three other women and they were her bridge partners. And Millie was sent to the hospital and uh, she was um, close to the end of her life. And she did have insurance, she had Medicaid, but there were no Medicaid beds open in this state. And so they were gonna have to send her to another state. And her um, family, her bridge partners, came to visit her in the hospital, but they took the bus or they took a taxi and there was no way that they were going to be able to be with her at the end of her life. And that that broke my heart. That was the, I still think of that uh, today. Um, actually, I have a whole uh, envelope here on my desk of obituaries of people that we weren't able to serve or who were dying alone when I was working at the hospital, and I call them my communion of saints. And I often um, ask them to help us be able to serve people um, that that need our services, to help to ha have them find us so that they can be served. Wow. So how do you know that you're making such a great impact? How do you know that? Mostly it's from what people that are living here and dying here say every day. Um, one lady said, uh, as I was in her room, she said, you know, before I came here, I used to cry and cry and wonder what was going to happen to me. And now I don't, now I don't worry anymore. This place is full of angels, she said. <laughs> and another um, homeless veteran um, uh, came and uh, he called he called Hildegard House the best bed and breakfast in town. So, um, but the real, the real thing for me is to see someone die in peace, um, mm -hmm. not have anxiety or any symptoms, to have have a volunteer, a compassionate companion by their side, um, to see the person you know um, at peace, not have any struggle, and. Um, the other thing I say is that somehow I think we were we're helping the city of Louisville grieve. When mm -hmm. someone asks what I do, and I tell them about Hildegard House, the first thing they do is start to tell me about somebody that they've loved that has died, 
and we aren't able to do that in our culture very easily. And so that's a healing moment for someone when they're able to talk about someone they love that they miss or that they're still grieving. And I tell this to the volunteers that come to um, serve at Hildegard House. And so I say this is the gift that Hildegard House gives to our local community as well. That is so beautiful. You know, end of life is something we come, a lot of us never think about. And thinking about mm-hmm. people who die by themselves, homeless, and without anyone by the, their side, this is such a fantastic service. So what advice would you give to others who want to make a difference? Well, that's really something, Cynthia, because really this time in my life would be a time I would be thinking about retirement, not uh, starting a nonprofit. But uh, I would say to just follow your passion, follow what calls you, um, um, take a risk and just, you know, keep walking through the fear. Uh, I had no idea how to start a nonprofit. And so, you know, I've learned along the way. I think keeping your mission in front of you um, really gives a lot of courage. Uh, Find someone that gives you inspiration like Hildegard did for me. Find a group of supporters that um, are passionate about the mission. And um, just be willing to learn every day and Try not to let your ego get in the way. That's the hardest part. Yeah, that is um, a really great advice. You know, sometimes sometimes we think um, we want to do something, but we just don't know how to go about doing it. And there you are, started Hildegard House and didn't even know anything about doing a nonprofit organization. But you just stepped right. out and then others others stepped in to help you. I remember making a trip over to Bingen, Germany to see Hildegard's monastery. And it was a big, she actually had two, but they were two big stone monasteries up on a hill. And they had plumbing in the 12th century. And I remember standing there looking at that saying, if they can do that there, surely we can have a little house in our town to take care of people. (laughs) So... Sometimes it's just those little whiffs of inspiration that come along that can take you take you there. Absolutely. And I, I firmly believe that when you have a mission and passion for something, all kinds of things come to inspire you of how to go about doing it. Hildegard said, I am a feather on the breath of God. And mm-hmm. sometimes if I just try to be a feather and get out of the way, things happen. Absolutely. So, Karen, how can our listeners find out more information and get involved if they wanted to? Uh, the, the first thing is they could go to our website, site, which is www.hildegardhouse.org um, and learn more about us and learn more about our mission um, there's a donate button there, and there's also a place um, to check out our website. And we take, we, you know, it's so easy now to make a donation through Amazon and have it just sent right here. 
But the most important thing, if you're a praying person, is to pray for us um, that we continue on and, be, and remain sustainable. And also pray for anyone that may be dying alone today. What an inspiration. And even if even they don't make a donation or even get involved, it could trigger something that they could do in their own communities. Yes, so they could email me if they know somebody who would like to start a a comfort care home, which is what we're called in their Mm -hmm. community. And what is your email address, Karen? K-Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-Y, at HildegardHouse.org. Excellent. So I, um, I pray that all my listeners would do something about either getting involved with Hildegard House in Kentucky or if they need more information, they can contact you via email. So, Karen, thank you so much for taking this time to share with us today. Thank you, Cynthia. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I just love love your passion about this this, um, program at the end of life, which is something... Most of us don't think about. So you go ahead and have a one. Yeah, you go ahead and have a wonderful day. And I hope my listeners contact you or go to the website again. Would you just repeat the website again? Sure. Hildegard House H I L D E G A R D H O U S E Hildegardhouse dot org. Excellent. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Cynthia. That's all for this episode of Boomers on Fire. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Boomers on Fire, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast to get automatic notifications when I publish a new episode. I would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review to help spread the word and help more women reignite the second half of their lives. 